This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Haley Findlay, what an amazing woman. Haley is the co-founder of the luxury suit company Oscar Wilde brand, a transformation coach, dedicated philanthropist, and all-round highly energetic woman. Most recently, her business hosted a fashion show for New York Fashion Week, where all proceeds were donated to NYC Le Couleurs program supporting underprivileged foster children in Haiti. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Haley in New York City and learning of her journey and her story to becoming a professional 20-something-year-old suit designer. Take a listen. Haley, welcome to The Peers Project. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. You're all the way from Australia. So (laughs) honored to have you in the city in New York. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) So, you know, you reached out to us when you heard about us through the Next Gen community here in the States. And I guess the first thing that struck me about you um, when I read your email was just your enthusiasm and your excitement for life. And I absolutely loved it. And that's why I was like, um, you know, I was feeling the vibes all the way from Australia. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into your work, I'm curious to know, did you always have that level of enthusiasm and zest and energy for life? Um, And if so, where do you think this comes from and how has it impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Well, great question. Um, You know, it's interesting you say that because all my life, everyone has always said, oh my gosh, you have such positive energy or, oh, you're so happy or, oh, you're just so energetic. And, you know, so I've heard it before, um, but, you know, it's something that just kind of comes naturally. And as to your question of where it comes from, I don't necessarily think it comes from anywhere in particular. Um, It's kind of something that's always been there um, in me, kind of in my heart and soul, but I do find myself being very spiritual. Um, which has recently kind of been um, found, that spirituality was found maybe three, four years ago. Um, But just it kind of came naturally, you know. It kind of just, I always try to look at the the world through rose-colored glasses or the glass half full. Um, So, you know, I could maybe say my parents, but even then, you know, I still feel like my brother and I, you know, we're kind of the same, but it, it doesn't, it wasn't really bred a certain way. It just, you know, my parents wanted to create this, this culture at home where it's like, whatever you do, we support you. Um, Whatever you want to do in life, we're there for you. So I don't know. It's kind of me thinking like, I can do whatever I want. um, And, you know, kind of unstoppable almost. Wow. Well, you definitely are unstoppable. Your experiences have been awesome. The ones I've, I've looked into. So I guess... 
let's let's just go with do a bit of a deep dive into Haley the early years. So, sure. you know, you you you're only, you know, only 25, but even still, let's go back a bit further. Um and correct me if I'm wrong, but you attended the um attended college in Vegas. So, it was the University of Nevada Las Vegas. Is yes. It? Yes. Wow. What was that like? <laughs> um, you know, being in your early teens and your late teens, early 20s in Vegas and studying there. I can only imagine the fun, but talk me through what that was like for you. Sure. Well, first of all, I mean, I guess you didn't know this, but actually growing up, I'm from Oregon. Um, I went to a French immersion school from the time I was three up until eighth grade. So that's probably where the wanting to experience new cultures and languages and that kind of stuff came in. Um, And then from there, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, um, was exposed to world religions, world cultures, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I told my parents, I said, hey, I want to go to Vegas. And they were like, no, I don't think so. Let's think about this for a second. And, um, you know, I sat them down and I said, hey, look, like I want to do the hotel school, um, the event management program. I love events. I love fundraisers. I love corporate dinners and that kind of stuff. Um, so they said, OK, well, let's look at UNLV, but let's look at some other ones. So, uh, you know, Cornell was actually on one of the lists. Um, But if you really look into it, UNLV has one of the top hospitality programs in the United States. Um, So being there in the center of the Mecca of Vegas and trade shows and whatnot. um, So, yeah, no, I mean, I went to school out there. And honestly, I didn't think that it was Vegas was Vegas. I just was like, it's a school. I want to go. And however it happened, I got there. And, you know, it was fun. um, But definitely as I turned 21, it it became a whole new world. Um, And it sounds a little naive when I talk about it. But being from Oregon, I'm like, what's wrong with Vegas? You know? Um, but soon quickly learned when I got there, it was a whole other world. So it definitely was really fun. Um, I would say the best part about Vegas, which is an upside and a downside. So the downside is Vegas is a commuter school, UNLV, as opposed to, say, Oregon State. Right. So Oregon State or even, um, you know, some place in Texas, U of T. It has a lot of school spirit, a lot of, you know, you live on campus, you do this, you do that. You're always with your school. Right. And although UNLV had that, at the same time, big commuter school, I was in a sorority, I you know, did stuff on campus, was very involved, but again, it didn't have that sense of community like most schools do, I would say. Now, the upside to that was I was kind of forced to go out into the community. And, you know, my first job was actually as a hostess at STK Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan, the restaurant. Amazing, you know, but the people that you I met there were like, wow, you run this company or you're from this place or, you know, wherever all over the world. Um, And then after that, you know, moved on through, you know, going and doing other things throughout, you know, Las Vegas community and industry and whatever it was. Um, But yeah, the people that you, that you meet, I think that my college experience was 10 times more, or I guess 10 times better almost in that sense of just making those connections. Because you can't make those connections at a campus three hours away from New York City, right? You can if they come to you, but it's just a little bit different, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. So that was probably the best part about it. Yeah, wow. I can definitely identify with that. It's similar in Australia. There's not really on-campus living. You kind of right. live either, most of us actually, st- it sounds strange, but stay at home and commute. Well, that sounds but great. Yeah. <laughs> sounds now strange, it sounds great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, there is a lot of you have to make the most and try your best. Right. So what do you think... What do you think that taught you about yourself, having to go out there and actually into the community and actually, like, make a 
a circle of friends for yourself. What did that teach you about yourself? Right. Well, I think it taught me that I'm stronger than I think I am um, or that I thought I was back then. Looking back, I'm like, wow, I made all these friends. And these are just, you know, girls my age. These were college classmates. These were, you know, CEOs of other companies. There were a whole widespread of people and individuals um, from all different backgrounds. So I think just you know, I, I, it showed me that I also was good with people, but just in that sense that I could kind of do anything going back to that unstoppable thing. It was kind of like, wow. But in the moment I wasn't really thinking that, you know, people were like, wow, you just met this person. And I'm like, who is that? I don't know. <laughs> right. But coming back here, you know, I just moved to New York about a year ago. And again, you know, it's hard to meet people. Right. But now that even we're talking about it right now, I'm remembering, you know, I did do it once. I can do it again. Um, so that was very rewarding to find that out about myself. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. Okay, so let's go a bit into your your post-college experience. I found it interesting that you went from college straight into a director role. Um, it was a director of events and entertainment. Um, talk to me a bit about that. You were there for three years is what I saw. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about that experience. Yeah. So I, um, basically when I was in at UNLV, um, my background was in events management. Um, and then I did an internship at Make-A-Wish Foundation. I found myself always wanting to do stuff for charities, always found myself in a role of somewhat either consulting on events or, but not for profit, fundraising events and stuff like that. Um, and so from a very, very young age, and I'm talking maybe even 17 in high school, right? I was always doing that kind of stuff, helping events where I could and just being very active, whether it was at a high school program, in college, just even community service, right? Whatever it is. Um, and I had begun to work with a mentor of mine. I randomly met him at like a coffee shop or something. <laughs> And, classic, Haley. Exactly, yeah. classic. And, um, you know, we began talking, and he mentored me for a while. And then um, when he had his company, honestly, it was the right place at the right time, I would say. Um, but when he had his company, and I talked to him about my goals and aspirations, and he saw my track record of being so young, but at such a young age, I had done so much. Um, and he didn't have the section of events in his business. It was more social media, video production, entertainment kind of, but for, you know, all in the online video space, SEO optimization, that kind of stuff. Um, and he wanted to get more in the event section. And honestly, my mentor turned to me more as men asking me for mentorship in that area, right? So we had already developed that relationship of trust, of, you know, me being able to meet deadlines, the kind of things you don't have when you enter a job right then and then, right then and there. So again, it goes back to the connections, right? Um, so I think that's why he was like, well, I want to open this role. I want to do this part of the business. And I said, okay, well, I'll lead it for you. Like, let me do this. And it kind of just grew from there. So I would say it became, it was a very good situation, again, based on the connections I yeah, had made. For so. sure. I want to go a bit um, in more into this relationship, this mentoring relationship right. you had. So... How do you, you know, for our peers listening out there, they're probably thinking, how did she even get a mentor and, you know, make this work for herself? Obviously, timing was a thing, but, you know, I think before that, how did you even right. find him? How did you build that relationship? So I guess up until maybe two, three years ago, I don't think I understood the importance of a mentor. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a mentor in your field. Um, at the time, he wasn't a mentor in events, right? He was kind of more of a life and business coach and doing whatever. Now, looking back, what my aspirations, the way it's kind of shifted, 
he kind of is in line with exactly what I want to do. So kind of funny, and I'm sure we'll get back to it. But just as far as a mentor, one, it's very important to have one. Um, two, he already had been the type of person that wanted to give back. He wanted to mentor people. He was already mentoring people because he had a mentor. So it was kind of perfect synergies. But as far as to go and find one, um, even to this day, you know, there's so many people that are a, a high CEO, CEO, executive level, marketing level, or whatever it is, right? And they want to mentor people. You know, working in corporate America out here, I'm around my boss all the time. And he's like, I want to mentor people. Like, who can I mentor? And it's really wow, nice, right? Yeah. Because they want to give back. They, they understand the impact they have on that. Um, so if you don't have a program at your school, say in college, that offers those kind of mentorships, I think that it's important to get out there and just ask. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. If you have a connection, it doesn't hurt to reach out to them. I say you may not find them at the coffee shop <laughs> randomly, right? Um, but, you know, he mentored me. I think we met maybe twice a month. He was always available on text. You know, he'd sit at this, um, you know, another little coffee shop, wherever, and he'd just have people come in on his day of mentoring and whatever it was. Like, he had a great system. It was awesome. Um, and then after that, I came here, and we're still good friends to this day. But before I left for New York about a year ago, he even said, I think this is all I'm good for you now. I feel like you are past what I can provide for you. And I think you should be looking for a new one. So I'm kind of back to the drawing board looking for a new mentor, um, but different aspirations, different goals, different life purpose, I guess. Um, but he was a huge reason for my confidence. He was a huge reason just helping build my business structure, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. I think two, that's just amazing. I think two questions come yeah. out of that, I think. The first one is, I think it's more a common, actually. It's kind of cool that you had someone along the way and kind of... In a way, they saw you grow as you saw yourself grow. So you said that he said to you, you're done. I actually can't help you any further. And I think there's something to say about that. You know, that just shows, I guess, reaffirms to yourself that, yes, you have progressed and there's a per person here to witness it. I mean, I think there's such a difference between that and the friends and friendships that right. you have. Um, so, yeah, I really I wanted to re reiterate that point. But I think my question to you would be, what is the next type of mentor you're looking for? You're now sure. in New York, new city, new vibe, everything's different. Who are you looking for? Right. Um, so that's kind of a loaded question because yeah. I'm still figuring it out myself. Yeah. Um, but I would say maybe six months ago, and it's ever changing. So, mm. And that's okay too, which is, you know, I think important for people to remember. But I think what I want is someone who is successful at a certain level, right, that I have in my mind, um, that they've gone through the trials and tribulations of, um, you know, owning their own business. Um, a lot of people that work in corporate America, say a, a chief marketing executive or officer at a big company, they may have owned a business back in the day. So you don't know someone's background when you're just looking at their title. So it's important to keep that open and open-minded. Um, but I do want someone that has the entrepreneur background. I do want someone that can help me strategically say, this is where you're at, and let's take you from phase one to phase two. Um, those are qualities that are important, and those are qualities that I can probably assess in an interview of a couple questions and see if they're right. And the more and more I think about it now, I think I might want a woman mentor. Um, the last one was a male, and although my business centers around a lot of males sometimes, it I don't know. I think a woman, it just, for me, 
that's more inspirational because I'm like, wow, like I'm a woman, you're a woman, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it just, it's who you connect with. So I think it's important to have maybe a list of five things that, you know, I want them to be around this age. I want them at this level in their professional career. Um, this kind of personality, like, you know, the boss that I had have now, um, he's awesome. You know, he, his alignment and what he wants to do for his company, his group of people, right? The values are the same as mine. And I can see that right away. Um, so it just depends on the person, but I think someone who's more like yourself and where you are in this life, if that makes sense. So take a look at, you know, where are you right now and how is that person? Can they align with you? I love your outlook on this. It's Thanks. just so <laughs> different to what you usually hear. I mean, you usually, okay. you know, you, I, I mean, what I would think, you know, would happen if you're looking for a mentor is you're just hoping that someone wants to talk to you. And that's what I've heard. That's the chat I've heard. Oh, well, hopefully they have time for me. You know, I'm only 20 or 22 or 25. You know, this person's a CEO. You know, why would I even bother them? So I love that approach of going into it, going, I'm actually picking them as opposed to them picking me. And I think that's something, yeah, to really take note of and something that I personally am learning from you. So it's it's really great. Well, it's um, kind of like a marriage almost, but a business relationship. <laughs> You know, like, hey, you're working True. with me and I'm honored. But at the yeah. same time, like, you have to be worth my time. Yeah. Like, I feel like I people that. forget yeah. that, like, yes, I'm only 25 and you may be this big CEO, but I'm worth your time, too. Yes. Right. So it's just it's how you look at it, I guess. Yeah. I love the outlook. <laughs> so talk to me about you have such a, a essence of certainty and confidence. Where did that come from? And do you think it's something that can be developed? Um, that's interesting because... I mean, I appreciate you saying that. There's sometimes, though, I, I do feel a lack of self-confidence in certain things that I do. Um, so if the, is it really the confidence that's always there? Yes and no. But like when we're speaking about mentoring, right, I've been doing this for a while. I've had a mentor. So, yeah, I'm pretty certain about what people want. I've heard from a CEO saying, hey, I want to mentor someone. So I am certain in that area. But, you know, recently I've had business struggles, right? You know, I've, so I've doubted, I've wanted to not do certain things anymore. So I think it's all relative with what you're pointing to. Is it my relationship? Is it my business? Is it me moving here still not knowing if I'm supposed to be here, you know? So um, definitely the level of certainty is depends on the situation. But when I speak about these things and then as far as my life and whatnot and the things that I want, yes, I'm certain. Um, and I definitely do think it actually can be developed because I went, I think it was maybe three, four years ago, I took a one-way trip to Bali, my favorite place. I was wow, close to Australia, but I was close to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of where I found my spirituality. And you don't have to be religious, but I did a lot of self-work, right? I was allowing things in my life that weren't really up to my standards and I didn't know why. Now that was maybe a bad boyfriend or a bad job or whatever it was. Um, but I really looked at my life and I'm like, why am I allowing this, you know? And from there I took the, okay, well I'm worth this much to me right now and I should be worth more and how do I work on that, right? And so it really starts within and I know it sounds kind of cheesy. No. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but you know, That's it's that self-work of saying like, okay, I'm confident whether you accept me or not, I don't care. Right. And people rely so much on social media and it, I do too. You know, I, I definitely have a social media, but they rely so much on it and they're not like, I do it and I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's that kind of attitude you need to have. And 
to me, through just developing different business strategies, if people are entrepreneurs um, or if they're just wanting to do corporate America rise up the ladder, it's kind of like you have to have that self-confidence in yourself because it exudes and people can see it. And also, too, it's like, you know, people want to invest in people, right, rather than the business. So I could have any kind of business. And I tell this to my friends. I'm like, you could develop whatever business you want. It's you. The investor go find him. People have money. They will invest. And sometimes they lose. But it's you, right? So if you have that confidence, you have that certainty, and you don't even really have to be certain. You can just pretend for now. But you get through it. Fake it till you make it, right? I mean, hey, it's okay. We're here, you know? But you have that confidence and people can see it. Um. Wow. I love it. I love that. So I want to, obviously, I cannot not ask about Bali. I want to talk about your time there and what what strategies did you use? I have lots of people asking me, what do you do for self-work? How do you improve your own, you know, how you feel about yourself? What did you do in Bali? So it's interesting because I call it, you know, self-mastery is kind of what I like to call it. Um, I'm a huge, you know, person on that. And I've actually consulted several people on a healthy lifestyle or, you know, whatever issue on a personal level that they're having and whatnot. Um, So I genuinely do very much enjoy that. But, um, you know, Bali was incredible. It was kind of a... My girlfriend, it was, it was random, right? So my girlfriend was out there doing a yoga retreat for five, six weeks, whatever it was. And she was like, you should come out. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, it was almost my birthday, December 1st, Sagittarius. And, <laughs> and I kept seeing signs, Bali this, Bali that, Bali in a movie. Bali, and I was like, this is really weird what's going on. And this is before I became all spiritual and whatnot. <laughs> but I'm like, why? everything's pointing to Bali. And, you know, I had gone through a bad breakup and it was a couple days before my birthday. I'm like, I don't want to be alone. Like my family's in Oregon. My friends were traveling. So I was like, you know what? One way to to Bali, let's go, right? Love it. And I met her out there and, you know, she did her yoga stuff for 10 hours a day. So I was alone, right, most of the day. Um, and, you know, I just kind of wandered around and it really just started with, one, the people there. I woke up early because of the time difference, but 7 a.m., 6.30, they all were so hardworking. They were all out doing prayer whatever they were making, these little prayer things, and they'd set them outside their um, business or their shop or their house to bring good luck, basically. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I sat and I talked to a couple people. I'm like, why do you do this? This is so interesting. Um, Because I'm telling you, every little shop had the same thing. Um, And every day they did it again and again and again. And I'm like, this is so cool. And it just... I saw the way of life there, the, you know, what they believed in. They, bas- they basically were thanking, you know, the earth for being the earth, right, providing food. They were thanking the people walking by for providing business. And they were so thankful and blessed, and they honestly had nothing. Mm-hmm. So here I am, you know, I think I'm okay. You know, I may not have everything, but better than the people there in the American materialistic sense, right? Now, values and whatever, that's a whole other conversation, right? But these people were so happy. Um, and then when I went to my girlfriend's yoga studio and she was graduating and they were telling stories and, you know, they were the yoga instructor. He was from Bali and he told this story and I'll never forget it. And he basically said, you know, I had a full ride scholarship to New York. You know, I, I was doing whatever his I forget what his uh, degree was four year education, flights, housing, everything paid for. And he's like, and you know what? I left two years ago, two years into it, right? Two years ago now, but two years into it, came back to Bali. 
And my mouth dropped. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? And he was like, you know what? Everyone in New York was so unhappy. They had everything. And they were still so unhappy. So I would rather be in Bali with my family, with my friends, have nothing in the eyes of America or wherever, um, and be happy. And he's like, I'm genuinely happy. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Wow, I don't even know what to say to that. I thought I was happy, but I guess not, right? So you forget that. Um, And so just through my time there, I learned kind of the different, it was the first time I was exposed to a different type of happiness, I would say, Um, and really realizing like, okay, social media isn't what makes you happy, or, you know, the new car isn't what makes you happy, or the new Chanel bag, whatever it is. Um, And that's kind of the beginning of that adventure. And then from there, just spending time with myself. Um, You know, I did a lot of stuff of like positive affirmations in the daytime, right? Or self-work of, you know, I wasn't I had a lack of self-love then, so I said, okay, you know what, let's do some exercises, right? And you can find this on the internet, right? Exercises, meditations, what I'm about to say is not new, but you know, I wrote a letter to myself of why I love myself, right? Like these kind of things, right? Or you look in the mirror and you say, you know, start with your eyes, like, I love your eyes, Haley, right? And you say it to yourself because, like, when was the last time you told yourself you loved yourself, right? Um, so that's kind of where it started. And to this day, you know, it's hard to do a routine. I mean, that's probably the hardest thing ever, but I try, right? At least daily to do something like that. So mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> Gratitude practices. I absolutely yes. can identify with that. And um, I myself have also spent a bit of time in Asia and it is. It it's really eye-opening is. eye-opening seeing, right. you know, how just at peace they are with themselves and their right. life. And they really do have nothing. So it is, I can definitely identify. And I, I loved that story. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I want to do a bit more of a deep dive into your love for, for philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So I, obviously you said you've, you did, um, prior to having your business, you did make a with Mish Foundation, Alzheimer's Association, Alzheimer's Association, um, Talk to me a bit about when you created your business and you had this um, luxury with the cause movement this year at New York Fashion Week. Right. I thought that was awesome when I read that. So firstly, um, just give me an overview of the the event you did and then we'll do a deep dive into your business. Sure. So the event that I did was Luxury for a Cause um, and it was New York Fashion Week in, I guess, technically the spring Um, because it would have been in February, late February. Um, And so basically with everything I've ever done with philanthropy stuff, I just have loved it since day one. I love it. You know, I just, I can't, anything I do, I'm like, can we give back somehow or, you know, whatever it is, right? But of course, being a business owner, you have to understand too, like, okay, I can't really give back until I make some money. You just can't do it. So making money honestly has to be the priority. And then once you do that, you can give back a dollar, a, you know, a sale or whatever it is. Right. Um, so this luxury for a cause, basically what we were doing is I wanted to host a fashion show for fashion week and I wanted it to be different. Um, I feel like everyone comes to fashion week in New York or around the world. They look at dresses or outfits that are great, but maybe you would never even wear ever. Right. So I'm not really sure what's going on with the fashion world right now, but you know, everyone comes, they look all cool and they're like, we're here to buy, but I'm like, I don't know really what you're buying, but I guess it depends on the show. (laughs) But you know, to do this event where 
you harness the energy from Fashion Week, the people that want to go to an event, the people that want to be a part of a new style and as an up-and-coming brand, I said, hey, this is the perfect opportunity. Um, so we paired up with a charity out here that I had done some work for called Les Couleurs NYC. So that's a, a French term for the colors. Um, and they basically raise money and awareness to provide arts programs for your orphanages in Haiti. Um, technology programs, music programs, whatever the case may be. And um, we had a fashion show and we said, you know, any anyone who comes that night that purchases a suit or anyone that comes that night and purchases a suit within, you know, the next week or so, but it was from that event, we'll be donating um, a percentage of the causes or a percentage of the sales to the cause. Um, so I just found it as a cool way because it, it costs nothing for me to, you know, siphon off a little bit of, you know, the sale. And I just thought it was, it was a cool way to twist the event to do something good, right, for the community. Um, you don't always have to throw a big fundraiser dinner. You don't always have to you know, sell a bunch of things, whatever it is, you can use an event you're already doing. You can use, you know, a day that you're already doing something and just say, hey, today all proceeds go here, right? Um, so yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. I I love it. Thank it's you. so it's super different. And as you said, it is. No one really no one really does that. So I just want to know, just as a little curiosity, how did you get into New York Fashion Week? I don't even know how it works. So you just hear about it in Australia and it's like, whoa. Right. You know. So um, it's interesting because you can go several different ways about it. Um, and I'm going to give you my big secret <laughs> for the next one. But, um, you know, there's definitely, they do fashion shows all around the city. So there's so many people that you can email or you can get in with buyers. You can ask photographers. I mean, you just ask and say, hey, I'm interested in this. And they'll put you in a lineup. They'll do, you know, kind of whatever you want to do. Um, but the funny thing is, and I'm telling everyone the big secret, but... Um, get ready. <laughs> yeah, get ready. But, you know, they said, hey, if you want to be a part of New York Fashion Week, it's going to be here, and you have to, you know, provide all the suits or the dresses or whatever you're doing, right? You're going to be paired with five different designers. It's going to be these media people, whatever. And I was like, you know what? That's not good enough for me, right? It just isn't. I'm not Chanel, right? I'm not Tom Ford, even though they're amazing, right? Those are awesome. But the smaller ones... They're great for up-and-coming brands, but it's really about the press that's there. Not really the people, it's the press. So being an event planner myself, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do an event during Fashion Week. I'm going to take everyone from Fashion Week, <laughs> and I'm going to host my own Fashion Week, and no one, no other designer is going to be there. <laughs> um, and that's what happened. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> but it was great, oh, right? Wow. I had photographers. Yeah. Um, it was towards the end of closing week, but the space was donated, right? It was my own designs fashion. I had um, tons of photographers from the industry show up. They were like, this is awesome. Luxury for a cause. Oh. Like, you're so cool. You're doing this. And it's not, you know, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, they yeah. knew. But everyone else, you know, they're coming there and... Even some of the people that I had invited, and it, you know, it's kind of more of a stigma in New York, but it's, I was doing suits, custom suits, right? So my target is the finance industry. And unfortunately, they don't always get invited to Fashion Week. So when I opened up the doors and I said, hey, I want you guys there because they are my target market, right? Um, they loved it. They all came. I mean, it was awesome. It was such a successful event, and it was great. And the best part about it is I had everything there from Fashion Week. I had a space, right? I had um, bloggers there from Fashion Week. I had photographers from Fashion Week. I mean, everyone in that industry 
but I didn't have to share it with anyone. <laughs> so it was great. Wow. Getting your, getting your way and just doing it your way. Right. That is, that is awesome. It was fun. <laughs> definitely something that we can all learn from that. Um, talk to me a bit more about the organization, um, Lecula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a, um, I would say it's a smaller nonprofit within the city compared to say Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is big out here in the United States. Um, but I mean, it's awesome. I went to an event in, when I first moved to the city, the first three weeks, I went to an event that they had and I believe it was like red and black for Haiti and they wore different red and black and whatever it was. I met the founder. Um, I told her, I said, look, like I love your cause because I love children, that anything with children or orphanages, school education, that kind of stuff. I'm like, I love your cause. I want to be a part of it. I, I love to travel. You know, I do a lot of traveling if you ever need help. Um, but what I really see that you guys need is corporate funding, corporate sponsorship, big sponsorship. You're doing these small parties and these events and that's great, but you need, the next step is corporate funding. And that's kind of where I've always fallen into with everything I've done. So I saw the need for it there and I offered my specialty is kind of what it was. And um, it just went from there and great synergies. You know, I actually ended up going to Haiti to surprise her um, with another one of, um, you know, a good friend of mine that was helping with the events. And we flew down there, we got a hotel and then we surprised her and she was crying. She was like, this is so great. I mean, it was awesome, right? Cause she stays down there for about a month to train teachers and you know, whatever she does. And um, it was great. So I got to see hands on the children you're helping and it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, so Haiti, you know, they bring down art supplies, they bring down, you know, music, whatever the study is, it's usually music, dance and arts and soon to be computer programming, technology kind of stuff. Um, they go down there, they teach the teachers, they create jobs with the teachers, they teach them because you can't really bring, we're not just bringing blankets and toys and whatnot. Um, you know, we're teaching the teachers, providing jobs, and then they go and they teach the orphanages. Um, and those orphans, honestly, they sit in the four walls 24 hours a day. They don't go outside the orphanage because it's so dangerous. Um, so that was something I didn't know, um, which is different than a lot of other orphanages. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what they do. Wow. Okay. That must have been very eye-opening and an incredible, an incredible experience. So let's hit your work. Yes. Talk to us about <laughs> what this company is, how it got started, and what problem you're solving. Sure. So um, you've caught me at a time now where there's a lot of changes going on. Okay. Um, but we, well, let's see, I guess three and a half years ago, maybe is kind of when the idea came about. Um, I had an ex at the time he was working in the nightclub industry and they all wanted to match with their suits with these gold flower lapels. So he was like, can you find me a gold flower lapel? I need your help. I said, okay, I'll go look. I went to go look, couldn't find anything anywhere in Las Vegas. Um, and so I made him one, um, just sorority, do-it-yourself craft, whatever, right? I made him one, and he was like, this is so cool. And all his friends were like, well, I want one too, right? So now 10 guys later, they all have matching gold lapel flowers that I crafted myself, glued together. They were ugly, but they loved it, and they all wore them, right? They're like, you should do this as a business. This is so cool. Do you have anything else? I'm like, no, guys, I don't. And from there, it kind of grew to lapel flowers, ties, pocket squares, and men's accessories. Um, and I sold those and whatnot. And it, I mean, it was great. And then um, about a year later, um, I had some issues with a business partner. Um, and 
my another person that I knew, a good friend of mine, he was kind of in the same business, but with custom suits, right? Custom shirts, and he had a store, and he actually carried all of my accessories. Um, and he had issues with his business partner. So again, back to the happy marriage, the business marriage, right? He was like, hey, what do you think about combining? And I said, you know what? This is a great time, I think, to combine. Um, and we created this, um, basically, it was it's a luxury concierge service. So it's a custom suit company, and in New York, a lot of people are familiar with that process. You pick your fabrics, and you pick the design of the suit, and you know it's a couple weeks, and then you have this suit basically you designed. It says custom tailored for you know whatever it is. It's, it's great, um, but the way we designed it was it's concierge service, so we'll come to you if you're too busy. Um, you know that cuts down the overhead. That cuts down a lot of a lot of money um, in having, you know, to pay for a space, to pay people, whatever it is. And then we also um, developed a system where you know it's it's custom for you, so there's no again you know inventory sitting there. Um, so now we can get the prices down to where a custom suit is usually a couple thousand dollars, fifteen hundred. Maybe we can start it off at around seven hundred. Wow. Um, and now we have different prices that go up depending on the fabric, but we wanted to create a business model where everyone could afford it if they wanted to, but you don't have to sacrifice the details, you don't have to sacrifice the experience, you don't have to sacrifice the quality. Um, and especially in Vegas, a lot of my friends, you know, they were in jobs where they dealt with big clients and they had to wear a suit, they had to look their best, and they had to look like they made $150,000 a year. And I'm like, I know what you make and it's not that. So why are you buying these expensive suits, right? They're like, we have to do it. We have these clients. So we actually, it was a, um, a need, right? And a problem. And I feel like we kind of solved that problem. Um, moving forward now, we're dealing with, um, you know, we had some issues with another, we had a third business partner come in and we had some issues, honestly. So we are now going through the process of, um, rebranding, kind of figuring out what we wanted to do, and that was kind of the past couple months. And um, but you know what? Again, it goes back to this feeling of being unstoppable, right? I'm like, what we have now and what we've come up with, and it's soon to launch, maybe in a month or so. It's even better than what we had. Wow. And I'm at first, you know, ask me a month ago, I'm crying. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I've rebranded already. You know, I don't want to do it, right? We, me and my other partner, we we're like, let's let go of this. And now something just kind of blossomed from the ashes of like this horrible situation and it's great. So again, with the spirituality stuff, I'm like, I tried to give up on this so many times and for whatever reason, it's not letting me. So that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lots of stuff so, to come. <laughs> super interesting. So I think so many questions come from that. Sure. But just the first thing that comes to my mind is you the ups and the ups and downs right. of owning your own business of you know entrepreneurship right. and i think it's so cool that your exam what well, your business your current situation is an example of you getting so low that you just thought why am i even doing this right and and now look what happened so i think i don't know i think my question is around how do you hang in there you know, how do you hang in there in the really low times and, you know, just even when you know you want to get out of it, how do you do it? Right. So first of all, I'll tell you that it's not the first time I felt <laughs> yeah. this way, right? I don't, I don't it is it. probably yeah. four years later. And although I 
the first couple of years I had another job. I was doing a couple of different things. I was in college, so, you know, I was never a hundred percent focused on it. So I would say if you had a hundred percent of the time, which most of us don't, cause you still have to pay the bills somehow, right? You work on your dream and you work on, you have a job and whatnot. And, um, so that's kind of the slow, the reason why it was kind of slow to progress. But several times I found myself like, this is, I can't do it. It's just not happening. Um, however, the business is the only reason why I had enough courage to move out to New York um, because the partner, the other partner at the time was offering, you know, um, to invest in me basically. And I'll give you a very small salary, but something you can eat mm-hmm. off of <laughs> and do this full time. And obviously that didn't work out. That's not the reason why we parted ways, but you know, just things kept hitting me left and right. And just recently, yeah, I was prepared. I was like, I'm done. And so many people, and I think that's where you have to turn to your network of people, right? Because so many people were like, whoa, 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 why are you being done? Like, I'm a guy, I want to wear a suit. Like, no, you have to continue this. Or my parents, you know, they're very, get a job, nine to five. I'm like, mom, I have a job. It's my, what are you talking about? My suit stuff is a job. And she's like, no, no, but a real job. I go, okay, because they're a little old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, you know, turning to your support, um, your network of people. Um, if you have a mentor, turning to that mentor. And if you don't have that support system, um, you know, I done, I've done a lot of research online. Everything's on the internet, how to get through something, doing whatever it is. And um, with me now, too, I sometimes meditate on it. I'll sleep on it. I say I'm not going to make a rash decision. Me being spiritually aware, I definitely go, okay, if I'm supposed to give up on this, show me a sign, right? And then I wait and I'm like, maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. But every time I've done that, a sale would come in, right? Or even if it was $10 for a pocket square, you know, or whatever it is, something would happen or I'd jump in an Uber, right? And it was here in New York, I jumped in an Uber and I, the guy asked me what I was doing and I'm like, I usually don't, you know, when I'm stressed and I like talk, whatever. And I struck up a conversation with him that day. And he was like, this is so cool. I would love to get a suit. I would love to bring you to my restaurant. You know, I'm a GM over at this restaurant, like come fit the guys. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And whether it happened or not, that, that sign came in. Right. Um, and I also, you know, believe it or not, I know I'm destined to be out in New York. I don't know why yet. And that's okay. But as far as being out here, there's a reason why I'm supposed to continue. I don't know the reason, but I know it in my heart. This is why. So just kind of harnessing on all of that. Yeah. Wow. I love that intuition. Right. You just think. And it gets cloudy. It's not, it's not always a straight line, but Mm. I'm supposed to be doing something and I still, I'm still unsure, but things are falling into place and it's getting better. Right. So that's kind of all I'm relying on (laughs) right now, (laughs) but definitely a hard time. I would just say, don't act irrationally don't jump to any conclusions don't close it down on one bad day right Mm -hmm. sit on it ask people I also when I need to make a decision I'll I'll ask a hundred people right because then I'm looking for someone to say give up and no one's saying give up so I'm like okay I'll ask the next person right I I send out my business you know which may not always be the best but I have people who then are like no what are you thinking and yeah. so, yeah, so here I am. It's, it's even better than before. But let me tell you, there's a lot that has to yeah. continue. Yes. Wow. So, look, I think that 
I just want to take them take a moment to acknowledge the work that you've done. Thank you, appreciate and, it. And you know your journey so far. It is so interesting to listen I appreciate to, it. and I could keep chatting to you forever. I know, uh, it's <laughs> I love great. This. It's great, um, but you know, I think that. Yeah, I just want to congratulate you on what you've done so far and your ability just to keep going. And I think that's something we could all take away from that. Um, So my second last question to you would be, what does it feel like to be a young entrepreneur, to be on your own time, to, you know, have these massive decisions to be made, but knowing that you are the one to make them? What does that feel like for you? I mean, I guess it feels... No one's really asked me that before. Um, I would say that the decisions that I have to make, sometimes they don't feel real. Like it kind of feels like I'm playing this video game and I have to make these big life decisions like The Sims or I don't know if you've ever played (laughs) that game. Right? But it's like you're, I'm in control of this company. I'm in control of people that rely on the company for income um, and I'm making these decisions and when I'm in a corporate setting and I'm looking at my old boss, I'm like, wow, you're making these awesome decisions. This is so cool. But now I'm doing it. And it it honestly feels small scale. Sometimes it doesn't feel real. It feels like it's not even tangible. And like, I'm like, oh, wow, I just came up with that idea and I just executed it. And this is the result. Well, yeah, of course. You know, it just, it's a weird, almost like hazy dream almost it's it's interesting um but once you get used to doing that you know the more and more it grows i think the more independent the more you know the, the my role feels more like a leadership role um and that's what really feels cool because i definitely you know i'm changing i feel like i'm changing people's lives and that kind of stuff um so as the business becomes more real bigger it definitely feels better but to begin with it was it was really weird <laughs> I can imagine. And you definitely are changing people's lives and Thank you. You know, making an impact. It, it's, it's phenomenal. So I, I guess, you know, all I can, all I'm left to say is, wow, um, <laughs> this has been so engaging Thank and you. highly insightful as I suspected it would be. Um, so I want to finish with one last question, yes. which is how we finish all of our interviews here at the Peace Project. And that is... What is the value of doing what you're most passionate about? Hmm, that's a good question too. Um, I would say the value of that is being able to wake up every morning and really feeling satisfied. It's like it goes for business or even in a relationship that you're like half in, half not in, and you're not really happy. And it's like, why be in it? Um, You know, when it comes to work, you have to pay bills, you have to support your family, everyone has the baseline needs that they need to do. So I commend everyone who, because I've been there, who does three jobs, who works on their dream at night and does the day job or whatever it is. Um, but once you get to that position of I'm waking up and I'm, it's all about me, it's everything to do with me, it's like this feeling of freedom. It's a feeling, even if it's you're not making that much money, okay? Because even still now, like it's not like, uh, to me, I'm not as successful as I want to be. Um, but you're definitely, it's a feeling of freedom and it just, I feel full, right? And I feel like that is something that people, a lot of people don't, on are, are not. And I go back to the guy in Bali and he felt full, right? Being at home with his family. I feel full being able to do what I want to do, travel when I want to travel, change people's lives. 
actually have an impact and be able to lead someone, work with people, um, you know, and then eventually I want it to provide for my family. So that's kind of, I think, my would be my answer. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Great. So, you know, that's just a fantastic end to our conversation today. And where can people learn more about you and your company and your work? Sure. So... Right now, the company and the website, since it's being kind of redesigned and revamped, it's down at the moment. Um, but you know, on my Instagram page, I will be announcing the big launch and everything. So I guess they could go there if they wanted to. Um, you know, I tried to provide content that is inspiring, uplifting, and that kind of realm, um, and just you know what your passion is. And I'm on my Instagram. I've done several times. You know, I'm like, hey, like send me your daydream. Like I'll help you get there. And you know, I lo- I love mentoring people. So I would say if anyone wants to go there, it's at Haley.Finlay. <laughs> but um, you know, they can definitely reach out. I'm happy to you know continue the conversation and the inspiration. Oh, thank you so much, Haley. It's yes. been so great. Um, and for everybody listening, we will end with that. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here to see what else we're up to visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on instagram at thepeersproject we'll have fresh real talk for you next week peers until then if you need inspiration look amongst your peers <laughs>